I knew I needed to make this last session a short one because it's after lunchtime. And the good thing is the material, the material is outlined pretty simply too. And so uh, it won't be too bad. True Disciples, four chapters. Let's do it. True Disciples, five chapters, excuse me. Six chapters. Five chapters. True disciples love one another. John 13. True disciples follow Christ. John 14. And abide in Christ. John 15. True disciples bear fruit. John 16. True disciples have the Holy Spirit. And John 17. True disciples are united by prayer. That's what we're going to look at for the next few minutes. Okay? John 13. Love like Jesus. A new command I give give you. You know, love one another as I have loved you. Guys, are we good at this? Do we do this? I mean, let's, this really is a distinguishing characteristic. People have left our church and gone to other places, and they come back and they say, you know, they have great worship. They, they seem to have true doctrine, but they don't have the depth of relationships. They don't get open about their lives. They don't get real. I feel like I'm shut down. I can't get real. Guys, it's one of the great things about us. All right? Our openness, our confession, our realness, our honesty. And the world's going to know what's true because of it. Number one, Jesus basically, that's the end of the command. And, and, And I meant to say this today. Every one of these chapters, ancient language, they wrote three different ways, usually. They wrote, the main point was at the first, and then they explained it. The main point was in the middle, and they built up to it, and then they reinforced it after that middle point. Or some of these chapters, the main point's at the end. And John's a great writer, and he uses all three of those techniques through the book. But if you'll look at every chapter, and you'll read through it, you'll see there's one main point in there, and it's at the beginning, the middle, or the end. We, in America, were taught thesis statement at the beginning... Then paragraphs supporting that thesis, and then wrap it up in a good conclusion. That isn't how they wrote. All right, they did a chiastic style with a point in the middle, or some uh, they, at the beginning or at the end. Okay, here the points at the end: love one another as I have loved you. Well, how did he love them right before that? He washed their feet. A humiliating act, a servant act, a slave act, and he washed their feet. All right got down on his hands and knees. And loving each other is hands and knees dirty work. And feet stink. I had a group of eight students over at the house the other night. They had been playing basketball. They took off their shoes at my house because it's holy ground. I think they should have left them on. (laughs) When they left the house after watching the movie Sherlock Holmes at 2 in the morning, I turned on the fan and lit a candle. And I opened the front door and the back door and praised God the wind was blowing. I did not want to wake up the next morning to that smell. And my, I don't want my wife coming home before I get home to that smell either. Because I want the brothers to still come over to the house. All right. Serve one another. Stand by one another. What was Judas's problem? He left the fellowship. He left the fellowship. They're having the special feast. The Lord's Supper, Jesus' teaching. And he goes and sells Jesus out. You know, 
You're going to sin when you you should be somewhere you should be doing something good. You know what I'm saying? In the kingdom, we're too busy to sin sometimes. Isn't that a good thing? All right. That's why colleges have campus ministry has devotionals on Friday night because we need to get you somewhere where you won't sin. Right? It's okay. I admit it. That's the approach. It'll save your soul. Don't blow it off. All right? Stand by one another. I tell you the truth. All right? And then Jesus loved by laying down his life. The end of the chapter talks about Jesus, this prophecy throughout the Gospels where he prophesies his death. Now the Son of Man is glorified, and and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, the Son of Man will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him once at once. He says, nobody takes my life from me. I lay it down on my own. And I take it up on my mind. Um, Jesus, on his own free will, sacrificed himself for us. Amen? So that's the point of our love, to save one another. Amen? Not just be friends. Not just serve. Be a good Christian club. But to get each other to heaven. Up to that wedding. Amen? When we walk down that aisle. All us beautiful brides. <laughs> All right. Love like Jesus. Wash feet, fellowship, and lay down our lives. John 14. Way the truth and the life. It's going to lead to peace. Why, do I, why don't I talk about just the way, truth, and life from this chapter? Because Jesus starts off and he ends this chapter. makes the same point. It's a sandwich style. And that's the other approach of writing in the, in the Old Testament. There's a sandwich. They make a point. They tell a story. And they make the same point. And that's what he does in this chapter. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Don't be upset. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't be discouraged. You believe in God? Believe also in me, Jesus says. For in my Father's house are many rooms. I love the old King James. There's many mansions. And if it weren't so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there I might receive you to me also that where I am. You can be also. And Thomas says, Lord, we don't know the way that you're going. And Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He tells him, don't be troubled. Have peace. And then at the end, he says, I give peace, not as the world gives, but as God gives. See, the world gives peace selfishly to get something back. God gives it without expectations sometimes. Amen? So how do you get peace? Alright? Through Jesus is how you get peace. That's how you do it. We're going to see that. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Alright? Verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. There's That's why it's a sandwich. And do not be afraid. Alright? Why? Because uh, there we go. This chapter outlined is we have peace because Jesus is showing us the way to heaven. All right. We have peace because Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit. And throughout the next several chapters, he's going to tell us that what the, the Holy Spirit does for us. It basically gives us truth. The Holy Spirit isn't just to give you power. 
It's to give you, it's giving you power over sin. I take that back. It's to give you power, but power over sin, but not power just for miracles or for gifts or that kind of thing. It gives you truthful power. Okay? And then the promise is he's going to give us hope. I tell you, life's hard sometimes without hope. <laughs> it's too much. Right? That's why people drink. That's why people do drugs. And it's just not old folks' things. You know, sometimes I kick into this mode and I think I'm raining on your parade that you didn't come to hear about sadness and hardship and that kind of thing. You got it. I know you do. Even if you're young, you got it. You just don't let it out much. All right? But it's in there. You're feeling it. Jesus gives you hope. That's his promise. I'll be back. That's what this chapter is about. The way to the Father's house is through Jesus. John 14, 2 through 4. Counsel from the Holy Spirit, 16 and 17. I'm going quick because you're hungry. All right? John 14, 27, 28. All right? That last one there. Peace I leave you. And now we're going to talk about John 15, true friendship. All right? Greater love is no one than this. John 15, 13. That he laid down his life for his friends. Three verses that define friendship. John 13, 15, 13. All right. John 15, 14 says, you are my friends if you do what I command. And the next one, John 15, 15. No longer I call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. So, true friends serve. They lay down their lives for one another. If you're, if you're just always taken, you're not a very good friend. you got to serve. All right, got to be thoughtful. You got to think about the other person. True friends speak the truth. Fact, they speak boldly. That's what literally in the Greek it means. They speak boldly. I told a brother the other day his breath stunk. I didn't say it to him two weeks before that at Bible talk. I didn't say it two weeks before him at church because other people were around. I didn't embarrass him. I didn't shame him. I treated him the way I wanted to be treated. I took him into my office. I said, brother, there's been these instances in the last couple of weeks. You like to drink coffee. It gives you bad breath. I sat next to you in Bible talk. I wanted to move my chair away. You wanted to talk to me afterwards in fellowship. I backed up. You came towards me. You backed me into the corner. I know you're feeling... This shunning that I don't like you. I really like you. You're really growing. I'm very proud of you. But you got to do something about your breath. I speak boldly. And I go home. I say, Kathy, you ever smell my breath? Please tell me. All right? I mean, you can say it nicely, but speak boldly to it. All right? And sometimes we, we say it. And we act like we're joking, but you know what? That brother or sister that said it to you, they mean it. That is an ugly shirt, you know, or an ugly hairdo or whatever. They th- they're they just not speaking boldly or plainly. They're just skirting around it. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> act like they're joking. True friends speak the truth. True friends share. That's what I love about Mike. I love Mike. Sometimes I'm afraid of Mike, you know. He could kill me with one hand, you know, learn that military stuff, you know. But Mike speaks truthfully to me, too. And I need to hear that at times. And he picks his battles. 
You know, he could say a lot more than he does. Did you know that? Sometimes you don't like him telling you the truth. You know, he could say a lot more. He sees a lot more, but he's just trying to give you a dose at a time. Love him for it, okay? True friends share all things. All right? True friendship. Carry the cross. This is the outline for the whole chapter. They carry the cross, they share community, and they confess Christ. Verses 1 through 8, that's where I get that. They bear fruit. By, be fruitful by remaining in Christ. Lay down your life. All right? Next verse, verses 9 through 17. Be friends by remaining in love. Share all things. And the last one, all right, is be faithful. It's a big deal in John to be faithful to God. Keep on hanging on. Sometimes we, th- some of you have been around a long time, you know, I'm just not as fired up as I used to be. It's all routine. It's habit. You know what God looks at and says, you're in there. You're faithful. You should feel good about yourself being faithful. We're always looking for the mountaintop high. I've decided to get content with, I'm faithful. I used to convert one or two people every year. I'm still trying to at least convert personally someone once a year. But you know, at the end of the year when it didn't happen, it hasn't happened a couple of times, I don't beat myself up. I was faithful. I tried. You know, I told you I got burned out. But I'm still around. I'm faithful. I'm going to get to heaven because I'm fit. Not because I'm perfect. And not because churches like me. Some churches won't have me back. Well... Guess what? They gotta see me in heaven. We'll get it worked out. Everything not worked out now, they get it worked out later. You know, some of them I don't want to see, so I gotta be careful how I say that. Alright. Eighteen through twenty seven. Be faithful. Remain in the kingdom. John 17. Jesus prays. This is good stuff. We're almost done. This is the last chapter. Can you believe it? We're gonna we're gonna get done early. This is a new world record for Greg Moretzky ever. All right, you're hungry. That's why I'm trying to do unto others. John 17. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, "Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may be glorified." If you're going through something really tough right now, God's trying to glorify Himself through you. You know, so many people through those really dark days a few years ago have come up to me and said, Greg, you know, you've really inspired me. You know, when you're planting all those churches and evangelists for all these big churches, you know, you you don't inspire me as much as you do now. Just leading a little bitty church and being faithful. You know, we don't know what God's doing with our lives. But whatever he's doing, he's trying to glorify himself. He's not trying to glorify us. And so just roll with it. Go with it. Be faithful. Enjoy it. Amen? Here's the the outline. Jesus prays for himself. Jesus prays for his disciples. Jesus prays for the converts. The prayer for himself is God glorify yourself through me. The prayer for the disciples is protect them. You want to pray for me? Pray pray for my protection. Satan's always trying to defeat me. Satan's always trying to destroy me. He doesn't just try to get me to stumble. He tries to destroy me. 
And he's trying to do that to my kids and to my wife. And he's trying to do that to you. Satan hates our church. He's trying to destroy our church. All right? I know that because Jesus prays for our protection. They're in the world. They're just not of the world. Protect them, Father. And then the last prayer is the prayer for unity. You know, we're not too big on unity. Because we believe different from other Christians. And, you know, we try to convince them and they just get mad at us. On campus this week, some young punk Baptist kid just, just wanted to fight for an hour with one of the brothers about baptism. It's hard to be unified as Christians, isn't it? And we've got to at least start with on our own church. The L.A. church is a big church. We've got to be unified in the L.A. church. Amen? We need to be unified in our own brotherhood. Amen? And and that takes work sometimes. You hear things, oh, you know, we got the best. Our campus ministry is better than your campus ministry. Our minister is a better preacher than your minister. How much are you growing? We're growing more than that, you know. Oh, I hear he's a, he's nice. He lets you get married. My minister makes you be pure before you get married. <laughs> Just, I mean, there's all these comparisons going on, you know. Let's work at our unity, all right? Get along. Sometimes for the sake of unity, you swallow stuff. Cause, and then you're answering Jesus' prayer. You with me there? I'm not saying compromise with other churches. That's not. Uh, I'm leaving that unity to God, okay? I think God has to take down pride for people to see truth. So I try to be nice to other religious groups, but when they want to fight, I walk away. There's somebody out there praying for truth, so I'm going to go find them. All right? Prayer for glory. This is that, that prayer, verses 3 through 5. Now the time. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. I brought you glory on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with true glory that I had with you before the world began. The glory of the cross. That's what Jesus is talking about. Now, this is eternal life, that they may know you. How do we know God? We're going to see it. We saw it a little bit last night. We're going to see it tomorrow. The cross. And he prayed for the knowledge of God and eternal life. The second prayer, the prayer for protection. I will I will remain in the world no longer, but they will still be in the world. And I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. And he goes on and he prays, My prayer is not that you may take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Guys, memorize Scripture. Study your Bible. That sanctifies you, sets you apart, puts a hedge around you. Quote Scripture. When you feel the evil presence, when you feel the devil, when you're home by yourself and you're just scared, even though you're a 52-year-old man, your wife's gone, pray in Jesus' name, protect me, Lord, and then lock the bedroom door. Amen. I lay down at night and I start seeing things, you know. And I just start praying in Jesus' name. Why? Because there's power in the name. So I can go to bed. And I, 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 that happened this week, you know. And I'm thinking, man, I should have one of these college kids sleep over. All right? All right. Power in the name. Power of the word. Prayer for unity. All right? My prayer is not for them alone. I pray for those who will believe through me, 
through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, that the world may know that you sent me, righteous Father. Though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love that you have for me may be in them, what the love that you have for me may be in them, and I myself may be in them. Christ's prayer was this, knowledge of God. That's what he's praying for you to have, knowledge of God, to know God. He's praying that we be unified with other Christians, unified with each other, and that we might see his deity, that I am in you, Father, the only Son of God, and that God's love would be in the world. True disciples, love one another. Please do. You've loved me. Love the hard ones. All right? I was hard once, twice many times. Love one another. True disciples follow Christ all the way to the cross. See, that's what we'd leave out. You want to be a follower of Christ? Amen! But you know where it leads? To a cross. Follow all the way. True disciples bear fruit. You can't help it. If you remain in Christ, it's going to affect other people. Sow the seeds. We got what everybody needs. We're not the wrong ones. We're not the weirdos. We're not the radicals. We're the ones that have the words of life. I go on campus knowing all these punk kids need what I have. They diss me, but I take it. You know? They don't know who they're talking to. But I'm doing it and trying to save them because they have what I need. I mean, I have what they need. About time to wrap it up. True disciples have the Holy Spirit. We're done.